shit, how do we usually start? Do we say hi, everybody? Welcome. Dan is always like, welcome, 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 welcome to the Halong Kang Kiddies, where we talk about sex, and we talk about my tits, and we talk about fucking my, my dick that comes alive and punch people. That's just that. That, by the way, uh, is John standing in for Dan this episode because Dan is not here due to his busy and hectic schedule. Aww. Actually, I was just showing an example for Angie to do the intro, but sure, why not? Why yes. the fuck not? Yes, well, just use that. Anyways, today we are talking about ang pao's because big we, and small. Big and small because we just Chinese New Year just kind of came and went, and Jerry was bitching about how he didn't know how to give out ang paos because it's his first year right giving yeah, out ang paos and he was navigating the political yeah. uh, intricacies of ang pao giving so you want to talk about that what happened was I saw this video I think someone's Instagram post so he was complaining about receiving an ang pao when he fished out the money inside there's only two dollars there's only one piece of two dollar note and it's like hey in this, in this day and age uh, no one gives two dollars anymore so it reminded me because I was talking to my wife. It reminded me that the night before we were, uh, first day of Chinese New Year, right, we were packaging our ang pao, and we we're like, "Hey, should we give two dollars?" I mean, what's wrong with giving two dollars, right? There's nothing wrong, ah, right? There's nothing wrong with giving two dollars. Then bunch of self entitled pricks, lah. Yeah. yeah. Then then we I mean, thinking, you, we we don't know the full context of it either. We don't know what kind of family background, what mm, kind of situation mm. the fella that was giving the ang pao is from. And then, but then we have this one fella that's just like bitching and moaning about fucking two dollars. Yeah, so then we did, we were thinking about, hey, how about we uh, give four dollars? And you know, four, you know, in Chinese is si kuai. It's like not very auspicious for CNY, right? So eventually we were like, ah, get it, get it, six dollars, six dollars. Turns out we didn't give up more than half the pounds we packed, so it's okay. <laughs> I have a very strict rule about ang pao by the way. You have to give me them oranges, otherwise I'm not giving you ang pao. <laughs> uh, this year I was giving out ang paos as well. Not because I'm married, but because my dad uh, didn't go to one of our family gatherings. So he gave the, he passed me the ang paos to give to my uh, little cousins uh, and, and, and nieces and nephews. And I make them like say nice auspicious words to me before I give them out. I'm like... Uh, and Sing Nian Kuai Le and Sen Di Kang is not one of those things mm. that you can say you need to say like something more than that yeah I, we, uh, we made and we made my <laughs> wife's uh, my brother brothers-in-law we made them say like five or six verses before we gave them the ang pao just for six just dollars just for six dollars what the no, fuck no, no, no. we gave them more la, of course oh okay <laughs> what the fuck the six dollars is about, I was about to say like holy shit making them jump through hoops just for six bucks that's a lot of work for six dollars if it was six dollars no lah we give them more six dollars is for my nieces and nephews <clears throat> okay anyways um, so if you have not heard by now let us tell you that the garment is also giving out ang pao's it's uh, depending on how much you earn all Singaporeans aged uh, 21 and up will be getting anywhere from a hundred dollars to three hundred dollars as a bonus payout of course, all due thanks to the Budget 2018, which is the central theme of our topic today. La. What is the Budget 2018? I don't know, Jerry. Why don't you bring us up to speed? You're the one who, like... J- Jerry is <laughs> not very speedy, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it has to depend on the... Do you still get the Ang Pao if you're age 300 and above? 21 and up, ah. 
Well, I guess 300 is 21 and There's no limit, I think. Uh, so the biggest news, obviously, is... Uh, well, the biggest part of the news is eventually we're going to push the GST up to 9% from 7 This will not be in effect until, what, 2021, right? <clears throat> 2021 to through 2025. So they're not going to they're not going to in, increase it this uh this this so soon but in another 3 years is is going to go up and of course with the angpao you know they give they giveth and they taketh right so they they're going to give us a lot of things they're going to give us um, some vouchers for uh, our electric uh, electrical bills and high you know water bills they're going to give us I mean, they are essentially throwing a lot of money our way already, lah. Yeah, yeah. But actually, are. I don't know, lah. The, the whole thing just seems so slimy. I think a lot of Singaporeans are just super disappointed about this news. Of course, of course. And the 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 fact that they are announcing the budget with all the increase, uh, all the increments, on the on the backing that you know there's a nine point six billion surplus, is uh, makes it even a tougher pill to swallow, lah. In FY twenty seventeen. Like if um if all along seven percent has been giving. Or rather, has been able to provide the lower income groups with all these things. Then, is there a real need to increase? Because the lower income groups are going to be paying GST as well. It's not like they're not paying it. It's just very strange to me. Uh, the year on year, we are we are having surplus for don't know how many years already, mm. and then we are we never seem to are willing to touch upon any of surplus. Like I I don't know. Like what do you guys think? Like should government even have surpluses? I mean, if you think about it, what they are really doing, right, is they are supposed to take money from, they're supposed to do some sort of wealth redistribution, right? So taxing the rich, the wealthy, the corporates, and then financing social programs, financing our military, so on and so forth. So I think a well-functioning government is one that has a net neutral effect. So after after deducting after deducting their own salary and whatnot lah, rather than having a surplus year on year, of course certainly we want to avoid deficits. That means they are overspending. Mm. But that means if let's say they are having surplus right surpluses, it means that they are not doing the budget very well either. Correct. A bit too conservative on how they spend the money, <clears throat> or a bit too crazy on how they collect the money. Yeah. Right. I mean yeah. a lot. Of, I mean a lot of money comes from taxation, stamp duty, so on and so forth, which is just basically offsetting the cost of things onto somebody else. Well, the the reasoning that they've given for having like a surplus or, or like this sort of um, reserve, so-called, has uh, always been that we know, you know, we are a very small country, we don't have much to draw upon, humans are our only resource, and therefore we always need like a huge, huge surplus um, reserve. That is to be kept secret so other people cannot attack us. They will not know how much we have. So they cannot speculate against our currency. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I mean, that's the that's the reason that mm. they've always given. Like, and, mm. and to a certain extent, I kind of agree that we do need to have a certain reserve. Uh, I feel like it's always better to have savings than have like debt. And um, having zero is also not good. Especially when there are things that you want to finance um, nationwide. Because we are not really like, you know, uh, America or whatever, where, where the political parties change from uh, term to term. We can actually plan long term because we have one 
essentially one party that's governing <laughs> that, that's the whole of Singapore, right? Yeah, that and and that's, I think that's one of the, the strengths of Singapore is the fact that we can look long term and we don't have a lot of uh, obstacles in the way, like, let's say, if we need to move quickly in a certain direction. Uh, that can also be our downfall, of course. But Obstacles like political opponents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that can also be our downfall. So far, it has worked pretty well for us in the... In the past, what, 50 years of our nation building I'm just wondering about What do we do with the surplus though? No, the thing is, right Like, see uh, That is the problem Because they are all saying that uh, You know, they've They've looked at alternative met- methods mm. uh, Instead mm. of GST To increase their surplus Or increase funding But mm. they did not really say Like, Indrani Raja did not really say What were the alternatives given So, one of this uh, dude, right Like, uh, what's his name? Donald Lowe Yeah he was saying that, you know, instead of GST increase, why don't you spend a bigger portion of the net in- investment returns? Like, right now we are using, like, what, 50%? Why don't we use 60% instead of 50% to fund all these increases in spending, right? Uh, and and it's not like we're spending up to 90% or 100% of it. Mm. I feel like there's it's, a mute point, though. I don't think that's... Because, actually... Without transparency on to how GIC invest the money and what precisely, what kind of returns are we looking at? The percentages of the returns, so and so forth. I mean, they claim it's something like six percent, but without actually knowing the actual numbers, without a full audit, we we don't precisely know what's going on. The government just sort of tells us it's fifty percent, but fifty percent of what precisely? And yeah, and I think the 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 real problem here is that we do not know how much reserves we have. There are some people who say that, you know, um, it's estimated at more than $1 trillion, Singapore dollars, right? And, like, what the fuck? Why do, do we really need a trillion dollars in our reserve? It, it's, and you know, it's funny because um, people are speculating, you know, there are two sides of speculation. One is Singapore is bankrupt. That's why we need so much money. The other is Singapore is so full of money that, you know, if people find out, they'll be, they'll be like, you know, tearing down the gates of the parliament. Like, why, why are you keeping all this money away from us, you know? So... So wait, wait, which ones do you think it is? I think, like, all things, the truth is somewhere in the middle. Uh, I don't think we are bankrupt. I don't think we are so choked full of money that, you know, we can we can drown a thousand donkeys or whatever. But I think, the of course, naturally, we do not know precisely the nature of it. And I care not to speculate because it's just too wild of a guess. La. But my point is that we cannot spec, like, based on certain speculations, right? come up with some imaginary solution to the problem in response to the GST hype. That's like a conspiracy theory already. Yeah, I... Like, exactly, because even if you want to, like, suggest any any uh, countermeasures to... Uh, compared to increasing the GST, right? A, you don't know how big is the reserves. B, you also don't really know the rate of return mm. uh, on investing them, right? Uh, and because of this, you can't really say that, hey, you can spend actually more... Uh, from you know the the returns of your investment, uh, because we don't know how the how much all these things actually are. So there have been some people, um, according to the Business Times, uh, that that are calling for a two part to the reserve. One that is, you know, uh, public and transparent. That uh, that is meant to be used. And then, like, a portion of it that will be kept secret forever. Lah. So nobody will ever know how much money Singapore really has. But then that's just a no-brainer as well, right? Like, you can you can say that, yeah, it's a, there's a two-part to it. One portion of it will be secret forever. 
So that's the portion that that's the one that we really want to know, right? You can like you can you can like basically if you have a secret account somewhere, the public account you can drum up any number you want. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's no there's no real particularly good reason why the open account would be anywhere near to the truth. It doesn't have to be near to the truth. It's just for purposes of um for example, you know, deciding how much you can draw from. For example, right now Okay, under the net investments return contribution NIRC framework, the government can spend up to half the long-term expected real returns generated by the Monetary Authority of Singapore, also known as uh, MAS, Tomasic Holdings, and GIC. These are the three entities that manage and invest the reserves. So basically, up to half is only 50%. It could be less than 50%. Yeah, of course. But we are assuming that they have spent up to 50%, if you increased it to 60%, that could be one of the ways. Yeah, but like, like I said, right, that this is, again, pointless speculation because we, he said, first thing they said was up to 50% of real returns. So once again, we do not know how much is, is even invested to begin with. Mm-hmm. We don't know what kind of returns are we looking at. We don't know the salary of all these people. We don't know what kind of operating costs they are, they are incurring. We don't know what kind of political favors have been called in to accomplish some of these deeds. So there's a the the real monetary so-called goals of all these things, right, is not transparent at all. And then talking about talking about raising it from fifty percent to sixty percent is like playing blind chess, and then you don't know know how many queens the fella have. Yeah, exactly. But right now we are stuck in the situation where we don't know the, these things that we are supposed to know uh, as citizens who pay their taxes uh, and contribute to the country uh, and we are the ones suffering from the GST increase, right? Because yeah. alternative methods should be explored and, and right now we can't explore those because we precisely don't know all these things. Yeah, Lord, it's, it's the price that we pay Lord, for complacency. I mean, the one thing, of course, I've, I've always said, right, like as a libertarian, which is, you know, keep government out of out of most things, right? Except for things like infrastructure and military, things like that. For I, I don't understand why government bodies are investing money on behalf of the citizenry, but this is what we have, then we just have to deal with it. I'm not Like I said, I'm not so sure that exploring alternatives such as this will essentially do anything, right, other than just passing the buck somewhere else. Like, we are making sacrifices where we don't even know what sacrifices are being made. From... From the so-called grand ideological standpoint, I cannot say that changing it from 50% to 60% is a guaranteed outcome or even looking at alternatives to the GST high. I think long-term wise, we just need to really consider, hey, what precisely is the role of government here? But I get ahead of myself. I think we we focus more on the GST portion of it. Don't you know that the Singaporean government is here to take care of us like a a forever nanny that you cannot get rid of? (laughs) They are here to take care of us from cradle to grave. Okay. I don't know man I know a lot of old people uh, They're not being taken care of So then They're not in the grave yeah. they, they don't even have One foot in the grave Some of them are still Hale and healthy But then the problem is They're not getting Any money at all Well There's people like Jerry Who's like 300 years old Yeah I'm still Drawing the reserve Sorry There's <laughs> people like you Jerry who, who live so long yeah. That you are drained And burdened On the rest of the, rest of the yeah, country man. Yeah Imagine uh, If I stop going to the doctor Like Two times a year, right? I can those two times can be taken over by some young people. 
or some younger people. Younger. <laughs> Someone <laughs> half your age, younger like younger old people, <laughs> like hundred and fifty on like ninety years old. Okay, yeah. The other thing that really concerned me, right, when I was reading this article uh, from Channel News Asia, is that is that is how our ministers are kind of approaching this GST hike. Right. So, for example, our senior minister for, of state for finance and law, Miss Indrani Raja, she asked if we are going to cancel GST for basic goods and services like rice, for example. You know, it's not just eaten by the low income, but the high income also eat it. So, if you exempt rice, you are also exempting the high income from paying GST on rice. And then, uh, do you say only GST? For no GST for white rice, but yes GST for brown rice and organic rice. And the fa- the best thing that she says is that the richer people will eat more rice. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Like I, I don't even I can't even you know seriously this this lady. I think the the it, gov- the it, government it, is pretty flippant about the, like the attitude towards this GST high is pretty flippant now. and I like the way that they sort of they always draw comparisons. Whenever it suits them and it's convenient, no, so they will draw like, comparisons to like other countries with higher GST than us. Mm. This but, is a direct quote, right? But if you say you exempt all rice, actually, given that the higher incomes are the one who can afford to buy more, they are likely to benefit more. Well, I guess that's like, true, la. Like, like a like a rich person will eat like a ten times more rice than a poor person or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> like what? Rich people are all fat fucks or and gluttonous or what? No, I, I just so the way the way you present it right is like uh, the poor person. You know, if we if we, we take away GST on rice, right? Then the poor the, the the poorer people in Singapore will eat one bowl of rice every meal, but then the rich one will eat ten bowls of rice. Every exactly, meal. and I mean like what? <laughs> what the fuck? And okay, even if you if you say like you know exemption of. Uh, GST for basic goods and services like rice, sugar, and oil, and things like that, right? It's too difficult to administer because you are all fucking lazy fucks in the government or some something. Why? Why is there no estate duty and luxury tax? Because she says that the rich don't spend enough on luxury items to generate the kind of revenue to support healthcare. There are only so many handbags you can buy, so many watches you can buy, so many people who can afford those. Hello. One bag of rice is how much money? One luxury bag is how much money? If you just fucking raise the fucking GST, you're gonna collect a lot more from the sale of one handbag compared to a hundred bags of rice, okay? Well, bags of rice are essential goods, right? And they are consumable by everybody, every man, child, woman. So, I I don't know. I, I feel like you're a bit mischaracterizing here. I, I don't think so. And... I- I mean, I don't, I don't particularly like that woman either. I think some <laughs> of the things she says is a bit crazy, but at the same time, I, I, I don't, I, I kind of think you're taking her out of context. No, the other thing is also that, like, you know, she's afraid that, um, <laughs> it's the GST, the hike in GST for luxury goods, just for luxury goods. I mean, will impact retailers here. Um and yeah, absolutely. And yeah, of course. But what is really impacting retailers here is not really. Tax, right? It's, it's actually something else. rental. Yeah, something else like the property prices and affecting rental. Anyway, what, another thing I, I, I thought I'll add to Angie's uh, uh, opposing view. Uh, I would say essential uh, goods, why the re- one of the reasons why it remains taxable in Singapore is because we import a lot of our stuff. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we don't have farmlands, we don't have uh, a, a 
we don't have an agricultural uh, society to fall back on. Uh, we're just a, a city-state. We don't have any of these things. So a lot of our things are imported. Water is imported. You know, even uh, natural gas is imported. So uh, I would say essential goods, if there is a GST, okay, can, I can accept. But what about uh, government services? Like, why am I freaking paying government? You know, it's like every damn thing I have to pay tax. You know, I, like government services, if you take away the GST, you know, how much is it going to impact? I think that is one of the one of the uh, angles that that they can consider taking GST away from, uh, and maybe GST you can take away from healthcare. Uh, in terms of uh, if you go to polyclinic, like you know, only because honestly, yeah, why are you paying fucking GST for healthcare? Yeah, honestly speaking, only the people who really, really, really cannot afford, then they will go to they will go to uh, you know polyclinic or uh, public public hospitals. I think the reason they do that is so that the people who can afford it don't use it as a loophole. So it's, it's one of those things that you have to blanket tax across the board. Mm. Otherwise, mm. it just generates loopholes for people to exploit, right? It, it's not... It, it becomes a bit of an unfair system when polyclinics don't don't tax you on GST and then you suddenly have an increase of uh, usage of, of polyclinics. Look, um, and and that that in turn will tax the system away from people who actually do need it. People who who can afford to pay the ex, you know, who who can afford to pay for private care, pay pay for it because they don't want to go to polyclinics. For example, I never go to polyclinics because I would not like wait five hours just to see a doctor for two minutes. Right, yeah, I would pay the extra. You're you're looking at. Other kind of services, like for instance, as an employer, and I need to decide on which healthcare provider am I looking at. Without that seven percent that I'm paying extra, then my my decisions could be changed drastically. And we're looking at um people who are beneficiary of this kind of system, uh, like for example, foreign workers, you know, and all these sort of things. Like they they wouldn't care about waiting. Like I'm as the employer, I don't really give a shit. Then we, clearly, we should just abolish GST from. All healthcare services, isn't it? <laughs> I don't, I don't, uh, don't I, I don't, I don't think that's the way to go. I yeah, that, I think that's a terrible idea as yeah. well. Because GST is meant to curb consumer behavior. Plastic surgery is also a type of medical healthcare, and so it's also meant to curb things like that. Perhaps. Uh, it's it's it, uh, okay. La, the 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 main thing is that we can come up with a million different ways as to precisely how to pinpoint. Certain portion of the of of our economy of the of the entire spectrum to say you know what this exempt this from GST, tax this fella a little bit more. But if you were to do that across the board, right, then naturally that would implicate that the origin system is flawed, right? Nobody is going to be willing to say that hey GST is flawed because it is flawed. Well, it is. Don't <laughs> no, get me wrong. Nothing is not flawed. But I mean. we, the government will be the last person, the last group of people on earth to admit it. Yeah. To admit that it's flawed. So in so therefore they have to blanket it across, and make it as fair as possible, so that no any particular segment can come across as benefiting or suffering more as a result of this system. Talking about fairness with GST, right? They're going to they're going to implement GST for digital services also. So your Spotify, your Netflix is all gonna be chargeable. So 
Fair, not fair. I'll be curious to see how they implement this. Lah. So it's it's going to be quite challenging, I think. And the whole thing would probably cost more than what it's worth. Um, but I don't know. I, 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 I really have no inkling about... Okay, the, like the biggest services, of course... It's easy, right? Netflix, yeah, mm, just text the mm. fuckers. Netflix will just pay, right? Because they just ch- they just transfer the cost over to its consumers. But there are other services that will not be so readily available for tax for taxation. And I'm just wondering how they're gonna manage that. And then if let's say for example, once again across the board you cannot implement GST, then giant companies like Netflix, Google and whatever, whenever they provide services, then they'll come around and they say, Hey, we are paying, but all these smaller companies they are not paying, you can't do anything about it. We want rebates, you know. We want this, we want that. Otherwise, we'll pull out, you know. So, it once again, it's it's quite crazy, lah. Just like what John is saying, I'm also curious. In what kind of, if we're talking about companies that are are, are doing subscription based, uh, services, where okay, I'm I'm doing a subscription based service. I can, I can definitely. I can definitely implement GST because it's subscription based. So, you know, a person pays for an entire year, the companies can therefore then uh, add in the the 7% or and in future 9%. But what about those things that you pay once and then maybe 12, 24 months again, then you have to pay again. Like say for example, your uh, domain name registration, right? So how how do they, how are they going to go and work out the deal with every single one of these companies. I think that's one of the one of the questions also. Like, you know. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I have no I have no clue as to precisely how they're gonna implement this. And I think to to do it would just be very costly and it it just simply won't be beneficial. Lah. So yeah, does this conclude our part one? What was our conclusion? You don't really have a conclusion, we're just talking cock. Yeah, okay. So anyways, I just feel like really pissed off about the GST hike. As as I'm sure is everybody because like hello, what what does one to three hundred dollar cover really? It Nothing. It's to take away the sting yeah. it, of the It's news. an insult, okay? It's like salt in my wounds. I think the GST voucher is usually <gasps> uh is usually to uh offset all the GST that you pay when you when you engage government services. Like, you know, when you when you say go to HDB to apply for something and then they charge you a GST. So the one to three hundred dollars is kind of for you to offset that. But if we were just talking about it just now, if you were to go eat at some fancy restaurant and you gotta pay the ten percent plus in the future nine percent GST, that's not on them, you know. They they, they will tell you uh, something that you choose, so we, we shouldn't be able we shouldn't be footing your bill. I need a permanent offset. <laughs> from GST I don't think it's a it's a, yeah I just yeah just for you NG so special exactly I'm I'm, I'm like a snowflake so unique and I guess this will be it for part 1 uh, do stay tuned for part 2 of our budget 2018 discussion I know we don't really have a conclusion we never we rarely ever do <laughs> yeah I, you know, it's not really a discussion it's just a bitching session well, that's that's what we Singaporeans are are good for, right? I think we are complaint kings. Yeah, we are just world class complainers. I know I am. All right, this ends the complaint session. All right, still so, stay tuned. Possibly next week, maybe the week after, for our part two of this discussion. Peace.
Bring on. 